Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. It's Thursday, the 22nd of July. You're listening to Breakfast with me, Julia hartley Brewer, on Talk Radio. Uh, don't forget, as well as listening, you can also watch the show live. Talk Radio is now on your TV. Download the Talk Radio TV app or go to talkradio.tv for details on how to watch. Coming up, the pandemic chaos continues as food industry leaders have warned that supermarket supply chains are starting to fail because the NHS app is sending thousands of workers into isolation. Shelves were empty of basic supplies in certain shops and some petrol stations have run out of fuel. Meanwhile, Boris Johnson faces defeat in the Commons if he goes ahead with plans to introduce vaccine passports for nightclubs after Labour indicated they would oppose the measures. No reason to necessarily trust that they won't go back onto the fence, though. And nurses and other NHS workers in England have been offered a 3% pay rise by government, but nurses say this isn't good enough and there's even a threat to strike. Also, the UK has unveiled a new set of demands to withdraw the post-Brexit trading arrangement it agreed with the EU for Northern Ireland. The EU has said no. 6.33 is the time. This is Talk Radio. Well, good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Absolutely beautiful day outside uh, uh, this morning. And uh, uh, the Talk Radio Towers, beautiful, beautiful, uh, misty sunrise on another sweltering hot day. Although it looks like we might actually be getting to some sort of, I don't know, sane temperatures by the end of the week, which I think a lot of us are going to be looking forward to. I think an awful lot of people are having some rather sleepless nights at the moment as a result of the heat. And no doubt a lot of sleepless nights in government as well uh, over the latest chaos. As always, one of their own creations. So many of the issues we've been talking about over the last 16 months haven't actually been as a result of COVID. They're a result of COVID policy, whether it's lockdowns, uh, whether it's test and trace, uh, whether it is uh, policies in terms you know, sending uh, elderly residents into care homes or having not been tested for COVID and the like. And we'll come to all that later in the show. But of course, the pandemic uh, with uh, the uh, test and trace app and of course, the vaccine passports row, well, all of the government's own making. Well, a lot of those stories are going to feature today, along with the uh, NHS pay rise. Very strange shenanigans surrounding uh, that decision to announce that 3% pay rise. And what a surprise, people who are getting a pay rise this year, supposed to all the millions who haven't had a pay rise and most of whom have had a pay cut this last year in the private sector and indeed all the other public sector workers on a pay freeze. Um, NHS workers apparently unhappy about it. Well, we'll talk about all of that uh, with lots of guests throughout the show. Uh, but joining me uh, this morning right now is security and terror expert Will Geddes. Good morning to you, Will. 
Very good morning to you, Love, Julia. Lovely to speak to you. I haven't spoken to you for quite some time, and uh, uh, and and obviously, um, uh, you, you you work in a, in a field which is um, very much the sort of field that, that can be affected by things like pandemics, because of course you know you do close security. Uh, people are you know freelance; they're on contracts. They we're not talking about people who were in in you know sort of public sector staff jobs where oh well I've been pinged. Well I'll just sit at my desk at home and and work for for, for ten days at home. No problem. Just carry on as normal um you in the private sector like millions of people and I, I think most of my listeners as well very much affected by this what do you make of the pandemic and 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 the fact that we're now looking at supermarket shortages um you know petrol running out at some uh, service stations uh, we've got prime minister self-isolating the chance of self-isolating Keir Starmer self-isolating none of whom have actually got covid but can't leave their homes it's a nightmare, Julia. It's locked down by stealth, as far as I can see. It's, um, it's, it's, uh, I know so many people who fundamentally are so bored with the whole lockdown situation and with this, um, you know, pinging that they're getting on their phone. Most people are just ignoring it, but I know they're yeah. just simply turning it off and they're deleting the app. And that is it. And the only way that the government at the moment are able to enforce or any kind of lockdown, as far as I can see, is either by force, by shutting everything down, or for those people who are returning from their holidays or trips overseas. And I know that they've been pretty vigilant about that. Everybody I know seems to have had those home visits and those calls. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, my, my sister uh, came back from France and she actually yesterday was released from, uh, from quarantine. Uh, they, were, they were called, uh, both her and her husband, every day. Uh, throughout their quarantine and um, and, uh, and we're certainly expecting a, a visit. So, I mean, yeah, the, the people who think, ah, don't worry about that, that, that is serious. And there is a serious fine um, if, if, you, if you do breach that. But you say this is locked down by stealth. Do you think this is a deliberate policy? I mean, I don't think there are any deliberate policies by the government, frankly. But do you think this is a deliberate policy? Because it seems to me this is yet again another completely predictable side product, you know, side effect of something the government has done and 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 they don't seem to ever realise these things are going to happen until they happen. Even though there'll be plenty of experts who will say, "Oh, by the way, you know, if we come out of of in fact, well, all the experts will say, you know, we come out of lockdown, cases will rise. Of course, we always knew that would happen. That was predicted. That is, you know, built in. Um, and if you have a, an app which is so sensitive that it, will, I mean, we've had people in this building who who've literally been you know, through a wall have been pinged. I mean, I mean, this is a clever virus, is all I can say. It can get through walls. Um, <laughs> but 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 this is but this is a ridiculous thing, isn't it? Are you are you saying it's 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 deliberate, or or do you think, as I do, that, that this is just oh. Oh, whoops, we didn't think this through again. Uh, you know what? It's a really that's a really good question. I thought I was going to be quite clear in answering that one. But you've actually now thrown me with that last. <laughs> um, my I, I don't subscribe to, to conspiracy no, theories not, no. at all, but I am highly suspicious of this pinging process right now. Um, my feeling is it's a very cunning and subtle perhaps insidious way of getting people to lock down and try and control the spread of COVID. Um, but I think, you know, I'm beginning to turn, you know, I was I was all for vaccine passports, if you remember. And I'm now I'm now very much about turn on that. And I think there's this whole feeling that it's trying to control us, even the visits to the house. I, I It's all kind of worrying now. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely certainly worrying, I have to say. Um, I mean, it, w people are looking at, you know, shortages of supermarkets. I mean, again, you see pictures in a lot of the papers today uh, showing those shortages and, 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 you know, empty shelves. And that's, of course, when people start going, well... I'm not one to panic buy. All these idiots are panic buying. 
But hey, um, maybe I ought to just in case the other idiots panic buy. And then what do you get? You get panic buying and then you do get shortages. Um, we, we may well be in that sort of territory very soon. Yeah, I, I, I'm concerned that we're going to get that, particularly if we are hearing about uh, petrol stations running out of fuel. Um, but I'm beginning, I mean, I, I hate to say this because this is so unlike me, but I'm gonna, beginning to feel that we've been sold a pup on this double vaccination uh, because I can't see that great many liberties that are being afforded to those yeah. of us who have been double jabbed. It seems to be that, actually, you're just thrown into the mix with everybody else. Yeah. So it's a case of did I bother? Did I really need to get the double jab? Well, that's it. And then the argument we're told of a vaccine passes will come to is, is over sort of the Prime Minister apparently told backbench Tory MPs, yes, they look, look, you know, we're just telling everyone we're going to have this uh, this vaccine passport, this mandatory requirement to have vaccines, not just a lateral flow test to get into a nightclub from the end of September. So we can basically persuade, cajole, threaten, force uh, a whole load of young people who've not been bothering to get their jabs to actually go ahead and book their jabs. And that's what it's all about. This, of course, only coming, interestingly, uh, just after the Labour Party said that they would actually consider voting against that measure. Um, but but what's interesting is I, I thought on the vaccine passport issue, Labour gave completely the wrong reasons for, for voting against the vaccine passport scheme. A Labour spokesman said making people show proof of a COVID-19 jab for everyday access to venues was costly, open to fraud and is impractical. Um, I agree that it is all of those things. But surely the main reason to be against vaccine passports is, is against the fundamental principle of not wanting to live in a papers please society and people having to show their personal private health uh, records uh, to a complete stranger on the door of a nightclub or who are we kidding? Once it's nightclubs, it's pubs, it's restaurants, it's every sports venue, it's concert venues, it's theatres, it's cinemas. Why would it stop at nightclubs, for goodness sake? Um, I mean, it, it, this is this is, this should be a principled objection. I mean, Lib Dems, yeah. for their credit, it's a principled objection. Even if this worked brilliantly and perfectly, it would still be the wrong thing to do. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I know that you've got uh, you've got one of the human rights groups that are coming on mm. a little bit later, and I'm sure they're going to have some interesting points to, to raise on this. Uh, my concern is that, again, this double jab should have enabled us to to be able to get pretty much anywhere and have a key to the city or key to key to the country. Uh, there's also this this greater concern that I have. Which is, which is about the fact that um, the, this herd immunity that should have been afforded by those that didn't necessarily have the jab, that ultimately we'd all be on the same playing field. And many people were opposed to personal ID cards. It was only a few years ago, about five years ago, that people were talking about personal ID cards. This is a personal ID card. Yeah. I mean, it's not even in all but name. It, it is, and it goes much further than that. Um, but it's interesting, this idea that once you're double jab, you should have more freedoms. See, I really object to that idea. I don't want that sort of medical apartheid. You, know, you should have the double jab if, you, if you're at risk. If you want to look at the statistics, and, and if you're over 70, I think you know, the vaccine is not risk-free. I know people who've been hospitalised by the vaccine, 100% really healthy people, and they've been, you know, the doctors have said it was as a result of your vaccine. We know that some people have died. Uh, we know the cost-benefit fit ratio the analysis you know, is different you know if you're if you're a 20 year old and if you're a 70 year old it's a completely different calculation uh, i want people to be free to have the full data understand what the risks the benefits and and choose to have the vaccine um uh, but I, I find it extraordinary the idea that that uh, it, there should be anything that coercive or uh, any sort of any sort of veiled threats held over people that you won't have the same freedoms if you choose not to get uh, the vaccine. It should always be a free choice. And I don't want to, I mean, uh, we, we don't have a society where, you know, if your kid is an MMR, they, they can't uh, do something. 
Um, I, I, I just find that a very, very dangerous, slippery slope, I have to say. Um, let's talk, though, about um, the NHS. Um, it's on the front page of an awful lot of papers, NHS pay rise. The Prime Minister... Um, had hinted at this before. The, the the NHS pay review body had said they recommended a three percent pay rise. Um, the government. I mean, again, I don't know. I don't see the point of having these pay review bodies unless the government's are just not just going to go ahead with it. They'd said some months back they were looking at one percent pay rise. Big outcry over that from NHS workers, of course, more than a million of them. And then um, yesterday we, we'd had mooted talk that there was going to be this announcement of the three percent pay rise. There was actually a statement in the House of Commons where that that pay rise was not announced, um, much to the consternation of MPs and indeed the Speaker. And then three hours later, after they carried on considering the issue, it was announced there would be a 3% pay rise. Now, it's made clear that there has been quite a lot of wrangling behind the scenes and there is no extra money from the Treasury, i.e. you and me, our pockets, uh, to pay for this in the Department of Health's um, budget. So clearly the pay rise, which is going to cost billions because there are heck of a lot of people working in the NHS and 3% is actually a big increase. Um, that That is going to come out of the budgets for other things. So I'd love to know what treatments people aren't going to get as a result of that pay rise. Um, but it's been met with, um, well, absolute dismay by the NHS workers who are going to get it. The Royal College of Nurses, they, they wanted a 12.5% pay rise. Um, there's now talk of strike action. What do you make of that reaction from NHS workers, well, their representatives, the unions anyway, to the offer of a 3% pay rise? Well, you know, the, 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 the union representatives are always going to push for the highest figure possible. You know, they're inevitably going to do that. But this whole thing seems just completely chaotic. And as much as I, I grimaced, like most people, through the Dominic Cummings interview the other day, <laughs> unfortunately, it's still ringing true that the, the government is an absolute chaos and it's chaotic and it doesn't really know what it's doing. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think the NHS do deserve a pay rise. I think like any industry, I mean, especially because of their efforts in the last year, they've worked incredibly hard and, uh, and been very much at the centre of this pandemic. Having said that, uh, there is only so much money in the kitty, yeah, only yeah. so much can be given. I think 3% is very reasonable, but I think there needs to be some proper scalable ladder over the next 10 years, which shows obviously you know, a, a regular or periodic update, obviously, to those bonuses increased uh, over time. But, I think the, that... but, the, but the thing is, I mean, look, again, there are lots of things that people say, well, you know, people clap for carers and the, I mean, the argument being the prime minister clapped for carers when, and they saved his life. I mean, that is their job. With all due respect to, I mean, I say I'm the child of a of, of a doctor myself. That is, the, I mean, thank you very much. I mean, when I've been treated and I've been, felt I've been really, really kind treatment from people when I've had health problems, you know, always sent thank you cards and, and flowers and, and things. But I, I'm more than happy to pay my taxes to pay for the wages of, of public sector workers, including the NHS. But this idea that sort of, they went above and beyond, there were people, there were thousands of people who went above and beyond, the people who were volunteering to work in the COVID wars, people who were doing exceptional work, incredibly brave work, heroic work. And those people absolutely deserve a debt of thanks. And, and frankly, yes, I think that we should find a way to make sure those people get a pay boost as a thank you. But I'm sorry, there were hundreds of thousands of NHS workers who were just going about their normal daily business. And in fact, hospitals were largely much quieter uh, than they would normally be. Um, and I know numerous NHS workers who said, oh, I basically sat on the bum most of the year. I, and I'm sorry, <laughs> That 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 is the case. So I, the idea that well, all the people working in hospitals were absolutely doing a brilliant job. Um, some people were doing an amazing job. A lot of yeah. people were doing an average job. I mean, I'm really sorry. I do find it outrageous. But I, again, I also there's a fact that we are looking at 
millions of people who've lost money, people who've been on furlough. And I know some people have had probably quite a decent life on furlough. Millions of others have. Uh, businesses completely wrecked. The businesses that are up and running right now, we're talking about, you know, pub owners and retailers who are in tens and tens, some even hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of debt. They may never pay off. And, 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 and you know, the rest of the public sector not getting a pay rise. And then there are nurses saying 3% isn't enough. I've got to be honest with you. I think there are actually more people in my line of thinking than the people who are going, you know, like the Labour Party, saying, oh, this is a terrible insult to, to nurses. And everyone always mentions nurses. There are plenty of other people who work in the NHS as well, other than nurses. And I do just think it's a, I think it's a bit rich, frankly. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. I think I think 3% is very reasonable. And I think you're absolutely right. You know, the, the, the NHS did become a very focal point. And I think it was good to remind us that we have an excellent, if not the best public health system in the world. Oh, there's there's no basis on which to make that claim. I can tell you there are no stats that, that make that. Based on my own personal experiences, Julia. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I would tell you what, if you want to look at the outcomes for people in Germany and France and their healthcare systems, frankly, uh, I, I think yeah, I think there were some big question marks there. Uh, We'll, get this, uh, we'll talk to you more in just a few moments. We're also going to look at all of the front pages. A lot of those stories featuring 6.48 is the time. This is Talk Radio. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.